0: It's the idea of manhood, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Whoa, <laughs> my voice just cracked like a mud. I was like, "Thank you, thank you for tuning in." Um, my voice cracked because as I'm recording this, it's 5:09 in the morning. Um, and you know what I'm saying? Talk about cause and effect. I am slipping, like yo, bro. I'm um, I'm slipping because, um. I'm slipping because I used to record these, you know, a day or so, at least a day, a a night in advance, you know. Um, It's really important to me that the podcast comes out on time, that I'm consistent with, uh, you know, as much as this is a, a, a listening experience for the people that listen, this is really um, this podcast experience is I, per, I think it's prepared me for something else I don't know what but I really really believe it's prepared me for something else um, and I'm trying to take a, a more professional approach to it not in necessarily in terms of content even though it's that too but more so in terms of you know delivery making sure it's like clockwork you know Thursday, 7 a.m., you know, I want it to be out. That's really important to me because there's a lot of podcasts out there. It's a lot of them out there. And I'm going to be very honest to you. A lot of them are janky as hell. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily in terms of the content or in terms of you know what they're trying to do but you know when it's released you know the platform that it's released on you know quali- i want to i want my podcast like that's why i had a GoFundMe at the beginning because i wanted to do it right you know what i'm saying i don't want to be recording on my phone and you know all that i wanted to be i wanted mine to be right and so you know especially going into season two i wanted it to be you know thursday seven o'clock for people that do listen you know, I want them to, to, to expect something and to look forward to the episode. And so, um, I used to record, you know, sometimes Tuesday night, sometimes Wednesday night and just have it queued up to go. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I haven't been managing my time. Well, I don't know what's going on, but, um, I just haven't been able to record at night, you know, um, i started season two right around the time uh school was getting back into the swing and so uh you know school's back i help my son with his homework every night um and now i think i'm i'm helping my son's soccer team i'm helping coach my son's soccer team that's miserable but i'll that's a whole nother episode because i gotta talk about y'all's kids and i don't want to do that right now, it's not what energy I'm feeling, um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know, I'm, I'm tired to say to, to say the least, for some reason this week and some of the last week, my daughter's been waking up at uh, 3 in the morning every day, 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30, 4 o'clock, today she didn't, thankfully, but uh, yesterday she did, the day before that she did, the day before that she did, and so my wife is able to get up when she comes in and wakes us up, uh, when our daughter comes in to wake us up, my wife is able to go back to sleep. I'm not, so I'm just laying there and just going over my day. I'm like, "Oh, what I gotta do?" And you know, I have a big, uh, I have a big event for work coming up on Saturday, and um, you know, my my mind's racing. So I just been getting up. You know, I got up one day this week at 3:30. I worked out. You know, right around when it's real time to wake up, 6, 6.30, I'm exhausted so I'm starting my day super tired and so anyhow I say all that to say that I got to do better with my time management you know what I'm saying so that's why I feel like this podcast and the production of this podcast is preparing me for something else because it's making me you know accountable a little bit more accountable for something that's not making me any money um so you know what I'm saying And, and that you know not that it's all about the money but you know in terms of motivation like what really motivates you you know what is your what are you passionate about and right now i'm really passionate about this podcast um you know not because i think it's like amazing and it's like oh my god it's just that um you know i have i have a lot to say i have a lot to talk about i'm putting a lot of time and energy in this into this And I want you all to experience the way I want it to be experienced, not like, oh, it's rushed, or I don't want you focused on bad audio instead of what I'm saying, because that's how people do. They focus on, you know, what's right there. Anyhow, thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is episode four of season two. Season two, episode four, and, um, you know, I I hope—I'm going to jump right in. You know, I talked last week about how I just changed the format, but— um, I gotta jump right in with Solange, yo. Solange. Solange Vanessa Knowles. I don't know if her middle name is Vanessa, but I just made that up. But, yo, Solange released a CD this week called A Seat at the Table. And, um, you know, Solange is, is solid. Like, her, her, her musical, um, her output is is solid like her foundation that knows factory did something right you know um solange is like the girl that that you you know that you kick it with that you you know could talk about football with and 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 drink some whiskey with drink a 40 with you know what I mean, and um, it's and, and it's gonna be relevant to you in a different way than Beyonce is. You know, Beyonce is who she is. You know, Beyonce is Michael, Solange is Tito. You know what I'm saying? Um And Solange released an album this week called "A Seat the Table," and as I was listening to it, you know, it's a it's a fantastic album sonically you know, production, content, writing, arrangement, everything, packaging, everything. This album is, I'm going to say it's one of the best albums of the year and definitely the most like, you know, a lot about what makes an album great is when it's released, how it's released, What's happening around it. And I feel like Solange's album is the most timely release of the year as well. You know, there's there's a lot going on right now. You know what I'm saying? I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to say that things are... I, I feel... I feel that things are changing. I feel like the tide is changing and i don't know if it's because of you know my age you know almost being 40 if it's because of where i live you know washington dc everything seems so serious here um you know i don't know what it is but it feels like there's a serious change happening right now and you know i think as we prepare for the exit of president obama and like all that's happening politically everything that's happening politically everything that's happening with police brutality and black lives matter and the athletes silently protesting and people speaking out and music that's being released and art that's being released and the boldness and the um and the way in which people are starting to interact with institutions with systems within systems i feel like it's changing i feel like people are are really waking up let me be specific i feel like black people and issues that are uh and 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 the and the and the circle that our lives are i'm trying not to sound like I don't know, but the things that impact us black and brown people and people that support and really are, uh, are supporters of black and brown people in an active way. Those people, I'm not talking about passive people. You know, I'm not talking about people that wish you happy Martin Luther King day. I'm talking about people that really understand the issues that impact people of color in the United States. The issues and the people are evolving. There is change happening, right? Like, can't I mean, I don't know. For me, I don't know if it's because of how in tune I am with just, you know, with energies and, you know, how people communicate and how things like the sound that they like. Everything is changing as we speak. Right now. Uh, Not now, but right now. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's beautiful. And I think that Solange's CD captures that beauty. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it captures that... The boldness... It's like it captures the audacity that we would speak up for ourselves. It captures the fear that we have when we speak up for ourselves. or It just captures it. it, just, it, it, it it's just a phenomenal CD. And um, I've been talking to a lot of people lately in conversation just about now. Like the the, the importance of right now. I feel like what happens in 20 years, whatever it is, in your life, in your individual life, in the country's life, in your city's life, state's life, in your school's life, in your relationship, there's something about the energy right now that in 20 years, in 10 years, in five years, we're going to look back and be like, yo, 2016 was crazy. 2016 is like that it's something about the energy it's something about the people that we've lost this year it's something about the events that have happened i'm talking about people like philando castile people like prince it's something about the energy surrounding their departure from this earth that have empowered people. That is empowering people to do something special and to speak up. So, you know, I have a very very close circle of friends. There's, you know, six six or seven of us that, you know, we uh, we talk to each other regularly. We make it. It's important to us in our circle. To, to check in with each other daily whether it's you know calls whether it's texts whether it's whatever so we have a group text and when everything was popping off a couple months ago with like back to back to back shootings of unarmed black people without going into the details of the shootings because we all know that that's we all know what that is right We all know that the manifestation of racism is violence. Like, how that unfolds is what we're seeing right now in the news every day. There's a situation in D.C. where an unarmed black man was shot. People are protesting. And we were talking about in our group, yo, what can we do? You know, like, we were really pressed. Like, what can we do? We need to go out to the community. We need to... You know we gotta be able to do something like what is it and we were spinning our wheels going back and forth like oh man we gotta we gotta do we got like yo this is it like we gotta pull our resources together we gotta do something like we gotta go out to the schools we we gotta we gotta go you know into the homeless you know with the homeless and feed them and you know we, we gotta do something We were like sitting on our hands like, yo, we can't just sit back anymore. Like we got to do something. And that energy, that, that, that internal dissonance was like, yo. And so in different circles at work and friends and relatives, it's like, what can we do? What can we do? And the thing that's crazy to me and what this episode is really about is what can I do? And I know everything about this movement and what we're feeling right now is collective. Everything about it feels collective. Like we have to do something. Everything is we. It's like, yo, we got a black people. We got to come together and we got to do da-da-da-da. And we got to fight Babylon and we got to chant down Baba. Like we got to, we, 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 we. And so usually, just how things work, how I've seen it, is that and just how I'm operating these days. It's like when something seems so obvious, but it's still not getting done, then whatever that obvious thing is, it's not right. It's not, you know, it, it might feel right, but it's not like something's not right. And so... I started really thinking about it. I started writing about it. I started reading about movements and started, you know, looking into things a little bit differently. And what I was faced with was, it's not we. It's me. What can I do? What is my role in all of this like what can what is my circle of influence a responsibility in all of this you know what i'm saying like and i started i stopped looking at things externally and started looking at things internally individually me and i know that that's you know For some people, that might not seem like, you know, the right thing to do because we're all in this together, you know, as black lives matter. It's not my black ass matter, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but, you know, I talk to kids all the time. I talk to people all the time. I talk to groups all the time. And, um, I'm slowly... It took me 40 damn years, but I'm slowly starting to recognize that, you know, in in my psych days, my psychology days, and talking with psychologists and counselors, like, it's really, 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 really hard to change behavior. It's hard to predict behavior, too. You know, there's trends, and there's, you know, things that happen that we know could happen, but when it comes down to it it's really hard to control other people like you could lead other people but it's hard to control them and then I was thinking like what what do I have control over you know what I'm saying and you know as a parent you know you think you have control over your kids you don't you're a guide but we're talking about control like remote control I push this button, you go to the right. We don't have that kind of control externally. The only thing that we control is ourselves. That's where the change happens. And I don't know, it sounds real simple, right? It sounds like real... Duh, sounds like real common sense, right? Of course, uh, of course, Mike. Um, That's all we have control over. But I've been really thinking about how to use that message within this movement. Within this movement right now, this collective waking up, this collective like we ain't taking this no more like everybody black people white people and and what's crazy what's crazy is that there are a lot of <clears throat> white communities that are going through the same thing i think this is me i'm not white so my white friends please correct me if i'm wrong um there's there's white communities too are starting to see what's happening with within the groups of people of color but then you have even on the other side Even on the side where the white people that are supporting Donald Trump, they're waking up, too, in their own right. We can't discredit whatever it is they're feeling. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But whatever they're feeling is real. And we can't ignore that. Like, I don't think as a country, as a people, as a group, that we can ignore that there's a specific group of white people in this country that feel the complete opposite but with the same passion what we do they really want to make america great again like they really want to make this country what it used to be by any means necessary it's happening like you know what i'm saying like There is a polar opposite in this country to me now that's more visible than any time that I, you know, that I've studied, that I've lived or anything. So, what's happening? It's happening. Whatever changes need to be made need to start with me. So, if you're saying this to yourself, it needs to start with you. Like, you have direct control over you And the people that, you know, and how that message is spread to the people around you. So people have been asking me, what can we do? We got to do something. You know what I'm saying? And all I'm saying is you have to be in control and, and not control. That's not strong enough. You know, in a lot of, you know, but I used to read Iyama Vanzant a lot in college. <laughs> so folks that are looking at Fix My Life, yeah, that's cute, but Iyama's been talking this stuff for 20 years, more than that. And um, it was so powerful for me in college because she would say you have to treat others how to treat you. Like if people are treating you shitty, if people are taking advantage of you, people are walking over you, it's not them, it's you. <laughs> You're allowing that to happen. Um, you have to engage with people in a way that lets them know what you will and what you won't accept. How I'm processing all of this is that I have to speak my truth. I have to speak my truth, especially when it comes to issues on race, when it comes to issues on social justice, anything in the social justice arena. If you keep quiet you are helping the other side it's just that simple if you notice something at work and people are being and you not people you if you feel you are being treated unfairly and you sit on your hands, but you only talk to the people that you feel comfortable talking to, and you don't step out and have a conversation with your boss that can impact your life, you ain't shit. I had to sit back in the chair so you could digest that. If you're letting things happen to you in your marriage, and you feel like you're not being treated fairly, and you you allow it to happen, you know you're being mistreated, you feel you're being mistreated and you just allow it to happen but then you complain to your boys or you complain to your girls, you complain to your mommy you hurt yourself instead of addressing the behavior. You ain't shit. Hey people, I'm sorry the message is hurtful, but that's the that's the dire straits we're in right now. We can't sit on our hands anymore. We can't keep that energy inside anymore. We can't continue to be like ex- to be experiencing these horrible things in our different environments and just sit on our hands. To me, that energy of speaking up for yourself and defending yourself and speaking truth into power, all of that, that is what's going to keep these various movements going. That, to me, is what is going to make Black Lives Matter matter. Not about the, you know, the protesting and shutting down highways. All that is important, but if we can't control, if we can't If we can't, um, excuse me, if we can't protect ourselves, and I'm not talking about fighting, but if we can't protect ourselves from the injustices happening in our lives, then we can't do nothing. We can't do anything for the injustices happening in the city, in the communities, in the country. So, for me, it was like a light switch for me. You know what I'm saying? I've always been, like, if you ask my friends, I've talked about this before. i talked about, like, a lot of my friends, you know, jokingly and some seriously call me an asshole. Like, like, oh, I'm nice and asshole. Because I'm kind of known, almost jokingly, almost like I'm kind of known for, like, that guy that'll tell you the truth, like, regardless of, you know how am i heard or you know or or like i don't necessarily temper my messages a lot but a lot of times honestly i'm gonna be real a lot of times it's jokes like i'm honest in a in a joking way like i'm not really addressing the the truth of whatever situation i'm joking like i'm i'm making fun of that person you know what I'm saying I'm not being real if that's if that's what. so so um that's kind of like my mo but <coughs> excuse me but I feel like even building upon that what do I look like being 40 years old not being able to tell the people in my life you know relatives my wife mom colleagues supervisor lady on train other parents that are whose kids are around my kid what do i look like not being able to speak up and defend or empower the situations around me. So for me, that looks like taking the jokes out of my honesty. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm th- uh, the reason why there's so many pauses here is because I'm I'm like I'm processing this as I'm saying it, but. I can't, we can't I, can't, I can't, I'm not speaking about we, I'm speaking about me. I can't keep quiet about issues anymore. Just to save face. Just to play nice. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you a quick story. A few weeks ago, I was at a, uh, I was at a conference in Detroit. And um, the agency that I work for is super strict on like, the messages that we, um, you know, in terms of the materials that we take and PowerPoints that we use, it has to go through a series of checks and balances before we can take it out, no problem. Um, My colleague and I were planning for a presentation, and uh, it was an important presentation. Now We thought, you know, put a lot of time and effort into it, and we sent the presentation and the information that we were going to present to our supervisor and uh we got the okay. I mean, we've been going back and forth for 3 weeks or so and I assumed we got the okay because we were, all right, good to go. Um so without going into the all the gory details, after the presentation our boss calls us and tells us you know, first she asks us if we presented and I'm like, yo, don't shouldn't she know, like, when we presented? Because, like, we're representing the whole city. Like, we're, okay, whatever. Have you guys presented yet? The information that you're going to present is wrong. And then she kind of continues to chastise me, because it's coming to me. Chastise me for not being careful with information, so on and so forth. So, needless to say, I was furious, because... We spent so much time and energy. We had a great presentation. There was a lot of good feedback. And um, we were only receiving criticism. We're being critiqued and reprimanded about something that our team, including my supervisor, has been working on for a month. So, you know, I was with a group of colleagues in, in Detroit. And I was serious. I was like, oh, I can't let this happen. You know, and the thing that was crazy, everybody was like, "Uh, just, just leave it. Like, no, don't say anything. And I'm like, yo, I can't. What are you talking about? What do you mean don't say anything? But I'm feeling this. I'm feeling really strongly about this. I feel like there's an injustice, regardless of how big or small. I feel like there I feel like she is being unfairly is that a word? I don't know. She's being um more critical of our program than other programs in our division. The programs that I run and this presentation in particular by me and another black woman in our office, I'm going to be very honest. The other black woman in our office on our team, the other only black person on our team, we are reached out to with a lot more criticism than our white counterparts. And it's not a matter of opinion. Facts, what did Beanie Siegel say? Facts only. And so, okay, I'm not gonna jump out the window. I gave it a couple hours, but please believe that I responded. She jumped at us. She barked at us, our supervisor. Don't do it. Oh, you must, you have to be more careful. Let it sit for a second. And I responded back. everybody's like don't respond back. I called my wife. My wife was like don't respond back. Colleagues like don't respond back. I'm like nope, not me. Not in 2016. To me, that was a small example of like there's no issue that we have to feel like we can't speak up and defend what's ours. You know what I'm saying? Like regardless. Why harbor that energy? The reason why we can't defend ourselves in the street, the reason reason why we can't defend ourselves as a people is because we can't defend ourselves on a one-on-one basis with our wives, with our husbands, with our supervisors, with our teachers, with our whoever it is. With the lady on the bus that bumps into you every single day like she doesn't see you. We can't speak on that. But we expect to speak up about police brutality? But there's a lady you hold a door for every day and she doesn't say thank you? But the lady at Target that sees you and doesn't speak... But the white person behind you, she's doing a whole song and dance and tap dance. Good morning. How are you? Isn't it a beautiful day? And you're like, yo, did you not just see me? Did you not even say good morning to me? Did you barely say thank you when I gave you my money? And you're going to keep quiet about that. So what we've done, in my opinion, what we've done is we've internalized all of that, all that injustice, all those small injustices, all those small fights that we've lost. You know, every time your husband or your wife does something that you feel is not just, you know, not just a mistake, but something that's truly wrong. Where they've wronged you and you've kept quiet and you sat on your hands and you've made excuses for them. Oh, you know, "da, da, da da da. So you expect to keep all that in. Every time your boss, you know, treats you one way and treats your white colleagues another way. You're gonna keep all that in. Every time you go to Starbucks and the white barista treats you like trash and doesn't look you in the eye when they exchange with you, you're going to keep all that in and expect to be sane and expect to be just happy-go-lucky. You just expect to move on with life like that's that. And you're keeping all of that in in you got to speak you got to like you have to and i'm not saying that you and and i think this is the thing especially with folks of color i feel like We think that if we're speaking up on something, that it has to be like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to come in my face talking all that. You know, it doesn't have to be that. And that, I'm not, when I say, I'm saying myself, that's how I thought. I thought that was the only way to defend yourself, that you had to go buck on someone. So if someone you know, wronged you, you had to be like, oh, from the depths, you know what I'm saying, that you had to be like, yo, don't touch me ever again, son, if you touch me one more, you know, it doesn't have to be like that, for me, this awakening has given me freedom to address people in a way that's just different, that's just like matter of fact, it's not like oh, I have to prepare to tell my wife how I'm feeling. I have to be free. It's not that serious. It's just a matter of fact, in the moment, not waiting for three days, like, hey, you remember two days ago when you had said that, um, that whatever, whatever, well, I, you know, I don't really like that. That was three days ago. Like, that's not, that's how children respond. Like, that's not how adults should respond, in my opinion, if you're woke. This is how woke people should be interacting in all areas of their life. They should be addressing behavior as it happens. The smallest injustices have to be addressed as an adult so that we can address the larger issues happening in our community sorry I have a cold I have allergies guys so I'm like so congested right now um and that starts with that starts at home that starts in our individual interactions and so I just started doing it's been so freeing it's been so freeing just the other day just the other day uh, I held, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I might seem angry on the show, but I'm, you know, in, in real life, I'm nice, right? And so, you know, I held a door for somebody. I held a door for this white lady. And, uh, and she didn't say thank you. Now, it happens all the time. And I would internalize, like, oh, my God, white people. White people. I would internalize, like, yo, so rude. But I'm not going to generalize. So I was just like, hey, uh, ma'am, next time someone holds the door, you really should say thank you. Have a good day. Bang. <coughs> it felt so good because it, it, it wasn't anything. Like, all I was doing is telling the truth. It was no need to hold that in. It might have made her feel whatever. I don't care. That's her battle. Like, that's, I, I give it to, you gave it to me by not saying thank you, right? I'm just giving it back to you in the in the reality. Hey, um, next time. I take 30 seconds to hold a door for your sloth ass walking in, and you're not going to say thank you? No. Let's not do that anymore. Have a good one. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, like, it's just that simple. We build it up to make it more. The other day, my wife did something. I don't even remember what it was. She did something that I didn't really, like, that didn't vibe with me. It felt like an injustice in that moment. And I was like, yo, hey, you know, next time don't do that like you know it's just much easier just do whatever 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 without going into the details it wasn't you know she might have felt the way about it but i was like yo it's just it is what it is like you know what i'm saying like no you don't no love lost you don't know just tell you like it's just it's right here in the moment i don't want you to ever have to worry about what i'm feeling or what's going on right here right now have a good let's let's continue to move on and i've been doing that especially in our relationship and i think it's it's helping both of us because i think she's kind of following my lead with that so if i'm doing something she's gonna tell me in the moment as opposed to three weeks later like she used to do (laughs) you know what i'm saying so um i don't know that to me that's that's how we move this movement forward this thing that's happening right now this empowerment that we're all feeling we have to empower ourselves in the small so that we can handle the big that's all i'm saying yo thank y'all so much for tuning in it's the idea of manhood this is season two episode what four check me out on the idea search for me on itunes um rate, comment, review, do whatever you have to do, spread the word uh let your peoples know what we have going on here all right y'all have a great one. it's the idea of manhood peace.